this message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Get around to um, uh, doing a little bit of an overview of the first sort of half of the year, which was my original plan. Um, but I do feel like there's something that I'd like to share from the word first that um, just feel like the Holy Spirit has impressed on me during the worship and um, is I think the word that, that's come the encouragement through Chris and through Stuart and everything that's been said this morning um, it would be remiss of me to not give some time to to share in this and we'll just see what happens and, and where we go from there I hope that's okay so Lord we um, just want to commit uh, our hearts to you afresh right now, Lord. We've, we've done it in worship and we've expressed our praise and our thanks and our adoration. But Lord, um, thank you that you're here with us right now by your spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're, you're here in, in this room, that you're in each one of us, but that you're present here as well because we're gathered. And that you're here in a way that's dynamic, that's real, that's powerful and and will be tangible and where we can experience the things that we've been singing about and declaring this morning. We thank you, Lord, this isn't just theory, but Lord, what you've come to do in us is real and it's life and it's, um, you want us to experience it and encounter it in, in, in its fullness, Lord. And so we do prepare our hearts for your word and we say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us this morning? Would you bring revelation this morning? Would you bring transformation and renewing and restoration this morning? All the things that you're so, you so love to do in the body. Amen. Amen. Um, the, the emphasis of the last year now that we've been focusing on, we've we got banners made, and that's not why we've stuck with it. <laughs> we've made banners. We should keep going, you know. Um, we, we really believe that the emphasis on the kingdom of God and thy kingdom come is, is a really important um, grounding. It sort of, it frames everything. Because the kingdom of God is all about the king. It's about Jesus. It's about his will being done. Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God. So when, Jesus, uh, when, when John the Baptist, bless him, in all of his um, eccentricities, sees Jesus, he can only declare that, that here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and what he's going to do, baptizing with the Holy Spirit and fire and, and that Jesus was going to be the establishing of the kingdom of God in the earth in a way that had never been seen before, that would transform the world and history from that point onwards. And in only a couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating Christmas. And you know, that was the time when the... That the seed, if you like, of the kingdom of God came in a way that was going to transform the world forever. And, um, and the kingdom of God is all about, as we've said time and again, God's will being done. That what God wants is taking place. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. In heaven, perfect health, life, liberty, We'll go back, Katie. We're not going to look at that yet. Thank you. And, and all of the things that come with that. And the, the kingdom of God is coming on earth. And, and in that kingdom of God coming, God wants us to experience an exchange in our lives. Yeah. Yes. 
the kingdom of God coming into my life means that an exchange has taken place. I don't know if you've ever gone somewhere where you've exchanged. I, I, I've, we take the kids down to Devon. Oh, we take the kids. We all go together as a family to Devon every, every summer. And it's our kind of... I, I love the arcade, okay? I really like it. Sarah cannot abide the arcade, okay? She has no time for it. So as a, as a couple, we compromise, and we, we kind of have two trips to the arcade where the kids can't wait to go, and I'm equally excited, and Sarah kind of goes knowing that she's got to grin and bear it for a while. And when you go, if you, there are some games that you go on, and, and if you do well, it starts to print out tickets, okay? And I don't know if you've ever seen these tickets, but you can go to the arcade and you can play, uh, you can pay £2.50 and before you know it, you've got a string of tickets that literally stretch from one wall to the other and there are kids walking around with big wrapped up bundles of these tickets. And you see this child kind of stumbling up to the lady behind the little kind of perspex glass who always looks miserable. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's, it's like, why are you here? Why have you come to my arcade? Please leave. I don't want your money. I don't want to exchange a pound for 10, 10 pence pieces. But the child walks up and, and sort of lumps this big roll of tickets that has sort of eaten up part of the Amazonian rainforest. And the lady gathers it and ushers it around the back and comes back and presents the child with a chup-a-chup lolly. <laughs> and you think, is that it? All of those tickets and you get a, a lollipop. And then you start to look at how many tickets you need for these prizes that have been sat in this dusty cabinet for probably decades. And you realize the exchange is very poor indeed. But the kingdom of God is completely different. In a sense, we bring something that's minimal and small and insignificant, and God blesses us. It's not like the arcade. It's the complete opposite. We come with something... Well, worthless, really, in so many ways. We're so quick, aren't we, to recognize our faults and our failings, and our sort of self-worth sometimes is low, and we come and we almost think, God, how can this mean anything to you? How can this matter? But God says, no, just give me what you've got, and I'm going to bless you abundantly. That's the exchange that takes place for us in the kingdom of God. And Isaiah 61 talks about this exchange in such a wonderful way. God is a God of restoration, His heart is to restore. And restoration is not just fixing something up to how it was originally. It is to take it to its original form and better and beyond. That's God's heart for us. And this is what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 61. This is the exchange God has for us and for the world around us this morning. This is about bringing the kingdom of God into the world and into our lives. And I believe God wants to to impact us with these truths this morning. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Praise God. I'm glad the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. That he's in me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. And to proclaim that captives will be released. And prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Does anybody know where else this scripture appears? It's in Luke 4. If you turn to Luke 4 for a moment, please. Said about how when Jesus came in the beginning of his ministry, it's all about this extending and establishing the kingdom of God. 
And he says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord or the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke 4 verse 18. He's just overcome temptation in the wilderness. He's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. The enemy has come to tempt him with all of his tricks and everything that he sought to do to knock Jesus off course. Jesus comes out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit and he goes into the synagogue and he declares this into the temple rather. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. What does he miss off? The day of judgment or the day of retribution, the day of God's anger against his enemies. Jesus leaves that bit out. There's something about the kingdom of God where there's grace. We live in a time of grace. Since Jesus' death and resurrection, we live in a period of grace where God is withholding. Because he wants as many as possible to be restored to him. And then he rolls up the scroll and he hands it back to the attendant and sits down. And it says this, all eyes looked at him intently. Every single eye in that room was on Jesus. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. I find it interesting that Jesus finishes with that statement when he knows that all eyes are on him. You know, when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, when all of our eyes are fixed on Jesus, these things will be fulfilled. We'll see the outworking of these things taking place. That as we look to Jesus, we'll see good news being brought to the poor. We'll see captives released, blind seeing, oppressed set free. The, The Lord's favor come. It says, every eye looked at him intently and he declares the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this day. And then he goes on to say Isaiah. If you turn back to Isaiah 61, I should be probably told you to to keep a a thumb or a finger in there or a toe. But it says in verse 3, to all who mourn in Israel. I want to say this morning that this is is for us to take hold of. Because the, the Israel are God's chosen people. We are God's chosen people. We're his royal priesthood, a holy nation, 1 Peter 2, verses 4 to 10. It says, to all who mourn in Israel... He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. Now that is the exchange that God wants to give us this morning. God takes our ashes. You know, in in the Bible, when somebody had sinned or were ashamed, they would put on their heads ashes and they would throw sackcloths around themselves. And it would be a declaration of guilt and shame. And you know what it says? It says, I've taken your sin and your shame away. God has come and he's taken away the ashes. He's washed away. He's the ultimate, kind of the head and shoulders, if you like, of moving and getting rid of our sin and our shame. He's washed it away this morning. A lady came to me this morning to say she really felt that there was a a need for us and an impression on her, a word of knowledge about God's righteousness and how there might be people here this morning who feel in their lives there have been times when they've been defiled. Something has happened to them. It's not been their own choice, but there's been a defilement. There's been some sort of abuse, whether it's physical or sexual or mental or all sorts of things that happen that can make us feel um, like we've failed, like we've sinned, like we're in shame. And God says, I have come to wash away 
the ashes of your sadness. I've come to wash them away completely so not a single ash is left on your head. And it's interesting, it's about our head, isn't it? It's about our thinking, as Stuart said, that he wants us to think differently. He wants to renew and refresh our minds. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds, Romans 12, 1 and 2. That he washes away our sin and our shame. But, and if he just did that, that would be amazing. But he doesn't just take away the ashes. He puts on our head a crown of beauty. That's the God of restoration that I know. That's the kingdom. That's the, the work of Jesus that he's done for us. Not only has he washed away the shame, but he's put on our heads a crown of beauty. He wants us to know that we rule, that we have authority, that we are beautiful, that we are trusted, that there's a glory that he wants us to have in our thinking and in our minds to recognize what he's done for us. And Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that if there are people here this morning that in, in, in their mind, there's a shame. Just pray right now that you would minister a washing that the word would wash and cleanse right now. And that you would transfer and wash the ashes away and exchange them for a crown of beauty. Just declare, let minds be freed this morning. Let shame be lifted this morning. Let healing come in the name of Jesus to minds. Thank you, Lord. Crown of beauty instead of ashes. And then he says, instead of mourning... I will give you the oil of gladness. Again, that thing of mourning, whereas ashes are sin and shame, mourning is about grief and loss. Things that we've lost and we mourn for and we miss. And if God just came and comforted us, then that in itself would be great. But God wants to take our mourning and instead give us the oil of gladness. That's the exchange that God has for us this morning. And if you're here today and there is mourning going on, if there's loss, whatever that might be, and if there is sadness in you, God wants to come by his spirit and administer and administrate and pour into you his joy. He wants to give you his joy this morning. It's part of the fruit of the spirit. Joy. The Holy Spirit. That even in the midst of trouble, you know, your light broke through my night. That there's mourning, but God brings and ministers something. That because we're facing circumstances and situations and struggles, it doesn't mean that we're necessarily in sin. It's just because we're facing the challenges of life and God wants to give us his joy in that place. And if you're here this morning and you need the joy of the Lord, Jesus has come and he's poured it on you, the oil of gladness. The Holy Spirit is here to minister the oil of his gladness this morning. This is good news. Ashes for a crown of beauty. Mourning replaced with the oil of gladness. And a spirit of despair. When you're in despair, you're hopeless, helpless. Like every time I watch Wales play rugby. (laughs) There is nothing I can do about the situation except shout at the TV and that doesn't even work either. Just scares the neighbours. And you know, sometimes that's how we can feel. We can look at things and think, this, this is desperate. I'm really struggling here. Steve's testimony this morning was fantastic. Yes. He was in a situation and he was despairing. It's like, I'm not enjoying my work. This is a struggle. This is difficult. This is a challenge. What am I going to do? 
And instead of sitting there and being the victim, he says, I'm going to take this on. I'm going to start to fast. Right at the beginning of the year, we talked about some of the kingdom basics. We talked about prayer, and we talked about fasting. We talked about the word, and we spoke about giving. And we gave our first month and a half over to those subjects. And I'm so glad to hear somebody who said, I'm going to take the power of fasting and prayer, and I'm going to apply it to a situation that seems desperate. And then he comes forth this morning, and what is he ready to do? Praise God! An exchange from despair to praise in Steve Harvey's life, seen before our very eyes this morning. God doesn't just want to encourage us, he wants to cause us to rise up with praise because of the work that he's done in our lives. The exchange that God has for us. That everything God wants, he wants to see his kingdom, his restoration work done in our lives in a powerful and significant way. If you turn to Hebrews 10, please. In all of these situations, the the exchange is taking place and needs to take place because there is, in those situations, a sense of shame and sin, a, a sense of mourning and loss, and a sense of despair, and yet God brings a change for them in that situation. And you know what? In the challenges of life, don't be condemned if you, you're going through a, fe- a period of mourning. Don't wallow. But if there's mourning that needs to come and be worked through, there's a time for that. It says that in Ecclesiastes. That if there are areas in our lives where the Holy Spirit says there's sin there, and, and we don't just feel ashamed, but say, God, I, I come to you with repentance. It's the first kind of step into the kingdom of God that we ever have, being transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And Hebrews 10, 19 says this about us then. Because of this incredible exchange, if this exchange hadn't taken place, then we have no right to do this. But because this has taken place, we have every right to do it. In fact, we must do it. As Chris said at the beginning, this is our home. Hebrews 10, 19. Dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. That's the exchange that we have this morning. Guilty consciences washed clean. Bodies that have been um, damaged and and, and, uh, dirtied, if you like, by life, washed with pure water. The exchange that God has for us. The kingdom of God coming in our lives. I just really feel stirred. You know, in, in our worship and in our praise... I think it's fair to say that we feel most at home in, I want to put inverted commas, worship. Where it's the, the, the tempo is slower, it's about standing and raising our hands, and you see the engagement increase across the room when we come into times of worship. But I really believe God wants us to take hold something fresh with festive praise. You know, Benj was ex- exhorting us and encouraging us this morning. It's really tough being a worship leader. 
and leading people because you want to encourage people and lead people. You never want to push them and cajole them. And there's a fine line between those two things. And I think Benj did a really good job this morning. It's not about condemning people into praise. You can't do that. You're not praising enough. You're all really bad Christians. Dance! It doesn't work like that. God doesn't work like that. But I believe there's something that God wants us to press into, which is about this. It's about festive praise. Come back to Isaiah 61. Keep jumping back there. But I really believe God wants us to be more at home in praise and festive praise. I believe God wants us to be more expressive in our worship. I'm putting it out there, okay? I believe that every person in this church is able to move and sway. In fact, hands up in this room if you've never danced in your life. You've never, ever, ever, Trevor danced. Okay. So we agree, we've all danced at some point. You know, when I passed my driving test, as my driving instructor was getting out of the car, a driving examiner rather, was getting out of the car, I knew that I'd passed my test while he was writing some documents. I did a little dance. (laughs) I'd come into a new phase of freedom that I didn't have before. No longer did I have to have my my father or my mother or or some other sensible person sitting next to me (laughs) while I was behind the wheel of the car. And you know what? To celebrate, the first thing I did as I pulled out of the car park was I stalled. (laughs) But I did a dance. Now, I'm not a big dancer, but there was something in that that made me dance. And I believe God wants us to be free in expressing it because he has set us free. This is the exchange that I'm talking about this morning. And there have been times when I have danced when I haven't felt like it. And there have been times when I've danced when I'm the only one who's doing it. And I've stayed the only one who's doing it. And there have been times when I've danced when I've been a bit self-conscious about it. Yes, of course. But I know that there's something in dancing that is not only a response, but it's prophetic. It does something as well in me. That as I dance, I begin to think, do you know what? Who cares who's looking at me? Do you know what? Things are difficult, but God, you're good. And and there's a shift that takes place as I just start to dance. It's hard to be miserable and dance, actually. Feeling quite chipper. Maybe we should all do it together. But I just want to remind us this morning of the exchange that's taken place for us and to understand that there's something that God wants us to express in our understanding of what it means for His kingdom to have come in our lives in this way, where the exchange that's taken place is not just a washing of ashes, but a crown of beauty. It's not just comfort, but there's an oil of gladness. It's not just a gentle encouragement, but there's a garment of praise that He's placed on us where we recognize that in our daily lives and in our worship and understand the incredible work that God has done in us. God's kingdom has come in our lives and his kingdom is coming in our lives. And as Chris said, the way that we worship and the way that we express worship, there, is, there, are, there are changes and shifts that take place in us as we learn more about who God is and how we're to respond to him and what God wants from us. But it's right that we shout let all the people... No, I don't know. What is it? There's a shout bit, isn't there? And straight after the shout bit, I think the person who wrote the song intentionally leaves a bit of a gap. Yeah. And there's nothing. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> if you're lucky. Or we've come to dance. The redeemed have come to dance. And if we're saying these words, then we should really embrace them. 
Not just clap our hands because we're all right with clapping. Not just raise our hands because we're okay with raising our hands. But dancing, that's just pushing it a bit too far. Or shouting, come on, somebody's going to look at me. It's not about that. It's about expressing something of the exchange that's taken place in our lives. I don't want to say much more, really. I'd like to release Simon and Alice and, I think, Diane. I'm going to baptize Alice in just a few minutes. How good is that? And uh, I'm, I'm hoping we can baptize Sue next Sunday. Didn't bring your, your swimming costume with you to church? <laughs> Anybody else not bring your swimming costume? Now's the time to. But it'll be great to baptize you next Sunday, Sue. Um, but I'll let you guys go out and do that for a minute. Um, but if you just have the musicians back for just for a moment. Because um, in all of this, I just want to say one thing, that um, this is all about our hearts. This is all about our hearts. And um, everything boils down to our our hearts, really. And our giving over to God everything. You know, in our heart is everything that matters to us. One of the things that we spoke about in the year, I should refer to something apart from just the first month, was the parable of the sower. And we said the state of your soil reflects the state, uh, the state of your soul reflects the state of the soil. And your soul and your heart, they're the things that make you tick, your emotions, the things that matter to you most. And I believe this morning that as there's a, a, a giving of our hearts afresh to God this morning, that even now there's going to be an exchange that takes place of the things that I've described that the Holy Spirit is going gonna, is gonna to make some exchanges. And that if there is any uh, sin or shame, you're going to feel a lifting of that and a washing of that. And you're going to feel a beauty that you've not felt before. That you might be grieving or mourning at the moment, but God is going to take that and he's going he's to deal with that. And he's going to give you a sense of gladness and hope, even in the difficult times. And then he's going to give you and lift away the despair and he's going to give you a sense of desire to praise him and give him thanks. Can we sing, this is my desire, Lord, I give you my heart. These, now, the words of this song are not to be trifled with. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. And I woke up with this song this morning. I couldn't see how it fitted in what I prepared. But I just really believe this is something that we need to do. You got something to bring? Just before we begin, I just wanted to bring another testimony, really. Um, The song that we sung earlier when it talked about you've turned my morning into dancing. Several years ago, in really difficult times of grief upon grief I made a decision that I would dance every time that song came on and I didn't massively feel like it but what I now know is that I was prophesying into my own future that the morning would turn into dancing and that is my testimony as well that God has turned my morning into dancing and and morning is is something that we do go through but if you make a decision you can by your actions you can prophesy into your own future that that is what God is going to do Amen thanks Ellie can we stand together for a moment please
Thanks so much for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, please visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.